0: I have Joe Virey with me here today with US Tax Advisor Group Inc. I'm going to make sure to have that link in the show notes, which is USTAGI.com. But I really appreciate your time, Joe, as we're going to be talking about cost segregation and a few other things for tax savings in this real estate world.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jack. It's a timely topic I'm, I'm very happy to educate your listeners.
0: I, I You know, it's it's always interesting because it seems like anybody, whether it's real estate investing or, investing or just business in general, as we start to niche down, we see a, a bit more success. Have you found that when you've been focusing now on cost segregation?
1: Yeah, I think it, that that's an accurate statement, Jack. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So how did you find your way towards this?
1: Well, I have a unique story. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. I owned a business for 20 years. It was a special special into travel business. In the two thousand, I sold it and I moved. um, My my degree was in business management. So I moved into financial planning for the California Association of Realtors. So I worked with them for about seven years. And then in 2007, um, things got a little scary. Um, uh, I had a guy who kept bugging me to talk about this new strategy he wanted to share with me because he knew I was in financial planning. And I blew him off because I thought he wanted to um, sell me soap or something, have me be a multi-level marketing. So it took him about a year to get me to go to lunch. I went to lunch. He told me about a strategy that, that could save income taxes. I had a couple of clients who, who who needed it badly, put those clients into, into cost segregation, saved them about $50,000 each, which they didn't have at the time. And uh, they're very happy. And then in 2008, as you know, the the car went off the cliff, and uh, the California Association of Realtors, as well as the um, real estate industry in California, was a desert. There was there was no you, no activity. Nobody was selling or buying real estate. And so the company that I did the cost seg with called me and said, "Joe, you're really good at this. Why don't you come and work for for us?" And, and I said yes, let's move full steam ahead. And um, I was lucky because when I started, um, I found uh, clients that had a lot of cash and what what everybody was suffering, they were buying and they had a lot of taxable income. So my business um, started off a steep incline and it's not stopped. So, you know,
0: I think a lot of people are going to start to ask, like, we should probably start with the concept of what is cost segregation and what what investor would it benefit?
1: Yes. So, you know what? I think it's a very easy question for me and I've I've been doing this since 2007. So I know this frontwards and backwards is topic, but basically to give you a 10,000 foot overview of what we do is that you have tax gross taxable income. Your gross taxable income is reduced by expenses. depreciation is an expense. Basically what the IRS is telling the the investor, their accountant, is that you're using up your property as you're owning it through time. So basically the time that they give for residential real estate is 27 and a half years. And the time for commercial properties is 39 years. So to calculate this depreciation expense, all one needs to do is find out what the uh, basis of the building is, which is the acquisition price, Less the land has nothing to do with current value. It has to do with what you paid for it. Less the land allocation. You come up with the building basis, the, the simple math. You divide by 27 and a half years for a residential and 39 years for commercial. So you're getting a very, very small, small expense throughout the years, which is good. You want expenses. However, the IRS recognized that there's a lot of short-term assets that belong in the construction of the building. And uh, if I had anybody in a residential and I pointed down at the carpet and I'd say, well, that carpet lasts 27 and a half years, you would think I was crazy. Heck no, it's not gonna last. Gonna, I'm going to be lucky if it lasts me five, seven, ten years. So the IRS recognizes hundreds and hundreds of building components, and throughout the years, through court cases, um, a lot of these um, um, have been determined by by IRS court on what life um, personal property has, and the outside of the building is residential property. So the personal property in the building, they give a life of five to seven years, depending on the on the categories. For the outside of the building, the land improvements, it's 15 years. So to make this very easy to understand, when you combine all of these um, short life with the long life, because you're always going to have the main chassis of the building, you're always going to have the real property, which is obvious, foundation, walls, roof, windows, doors, and that's about 70% of the building. So what we're doing as engineers is we're peeling off the 30% that's in a shorter life. And the shorter life, again, is 15 years, five and seven. And, and what is five and seven for the interior of the building? Really simple. That's items like window coverings, like cabinets, like countertops, like flooring, like specialty lighting, like fans. And that would be classified in five to seven years. And then, again, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds. And then in the exterior of the building, what we're finding is um, landscaping. We're finding specialty lightings. We're finding um, driveways, swimming pools. Fencing. that's all the land improvements so when you break those all out and put them in their different categories and you combine them with the the, the property that stays in in the 27 and a half or, or 39 year category what we're getting is you're getting a big bang in your in your depreciation expense the year you do the study because right now we're in a hundred percent bonus which means that 100% of what I find in the 15, 5, and the 7, you get to deduct that all in the year that you you apply cost segregation. So if you have a 22 property and I find 30%, and let's just give you some general math. It's a million-dollar building, and I find 30% of the million-dollar building is $300,000. You would get, as the owner, a $300,000 expense against your taxable income. So it's huge. It's big. It saves my clients tons of money. And it either reduces or eliminates their income tax.
0: So it, it sounds like this is more ideal for multifamily investors, commercial investors, larger type of properties. Would that be fair to say? Or would no. this even benefit the <laughs> single family home investor?
1: No, because one of the things that, that I've done is, is, is yes and no. So basically, we can do any type of building. We can do um, a small single-family home. We can do a five hundred million dollar. That's the largest um, contract I've ever had. Five hundred million is a block in downtown San Francisco, commercial um, re- retail center. Um, so what what we've done about six years ago now, as we've developed another technique. Um, in the old days, we only, meaning we, the industry, only did detailed engineering studies. That's the number one in the hierarchy of, 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 of studies designated by the IRS. So the detailed engineering study means that it's for bigger buildings, for, for like I said, the million-dollar buildings. And we have to go out to the property. We have to measure all the building components, both the personal property, the land improvements, and the, and the um, real property of the building. And we have to document the building. And as you can imagine, that cost us thousands of dollars to fly all over the country or wherever the property is located. So um, for, for smaller buildings, for years and years and years, it didn't make sense. However, we developed an analytical approach where we don't have to go out to see the buildings that have a basis of about $600,000 max. So for smaller buildings like single-family homes, we can do the where the engineer does the work in the office. We have to get information, we have to get photographs, and, um, and we have to use satellite technology, and we can do what we call the analytical or modeling study, and those reports cost hundreds of dollars. So they make it affordable for any type of property.
0: Okay. I, I read somewhere that you also have or could use this strategy to help some of those investors that have struggled over the past couple of years during the whole COVID thing.
1: Could you yeah, talk well, a little
0: bit about that?
1: Well, there's there's a couple of things in, in the offing. One is um, if you've paid taxes in the last three years, um, you can go back and get a refund. You know, So you may not need all of the expenses I give you, but if you pay taxes in, in 21, 22, 20, you can go back and get in and get a refund on those. So you know, back in the day, obviously a lot of the the clients were struggling with, um, and they weren't making any positive um, income. But now they are, and you can use the depreciation expense to go back and get a refund. So that's big.
0: Could you share like an example, like maybe maybe two examples, if you will. Somebody who is a, is a smaller investor who saw some big benefits from this. Maybe he is just investing in a single family home or something. And then, you know, you talked about your $500 million deal. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. What Could you kind of give us those extremes and, and some examples of how this worked for those people?
1: Well, you know what, Jack, let me um, start. I'm going to give you an example, but let me tell you. Um, you know, you asked this question and I I didn't answer it is who would not want to do accelerated depreciation? And i boiled it down to a couple of, 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 of very, very quick uh, answers. Number one, and I'm not being sarcastic. If you don't pay income tax, do not call Joe. You don't need me. Call me when you do need me. Call me when in three years down the road, if your, your accountant says, oh, by the way, you have to write a checkout to the IRS, call Joe. So that's number one. If you're not paying taxes, only call me when you do have a tax bill. Number two is if you're a flipper. If you're not going to hold the property for at least a year and a half to two years, I advise you not to do cost segregation because there is a concept called depreciation recapture. And even though cost segregation reduces depreciation recapture, the numbers still don't work if you're going to be a flipper. If you're going to sell the house in a year and a half, two years, don't do it. Number three is passive investors. I have a lot of passive investors, but this is a situation where. Oh, by the way, I'm not a a tax professional, so so we're an engineering company. So, bottom line is, I'm not giving anybody tax advice. So, what I tell them if they're passive investors is get the no cost analysis from U.S. Tax Advisors Group, take it to your accountant, and tell the accountant, you know, hey, does this make sense? Because passive investors have different rules; they have limitations. And sometimes it does not make sense to move forward with cost segregation. But like I said, I have a lot of passive investors that do cost segregation. So now to get back to your question about example, those are the only three um, definite. um, When I talk to people, if you fall in those three categories, then I'll be the first to tell you, you know, you're not a good candidate. Don't move forward. So now let's give you examples. So let's give you an example of a single family home. Somebody bought a single family home for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And they allocated $20,000 to the land, so you would have a $100,000 building basis. So out of the $100,000 building basis, I would estimate, and this is just a general estimation, we have to look at the property, but 25%. So I'm going to give the owner a $25,000 tax deduction the year they do the study, which is huge for $100,000, $120,000 building. And bottom line is, um, if you can't use all the depreciation, it will carry forward as a net operating loss. So you really never go wrong with with cost segregation. And how you you work with me is is on the the smaller buildings like that, all I need is the address of the building. I need to know what you paid for the building. I need to know what you're allocating to land. And I need to know a couple of other questions. Did you do a 1031 exchange? On the building, uh, did you do any any improvements after you bought the building? So once I get those answers, you, you, the, the investors off the hook. I do the rest of the work, and then I deliver a report that we stand by. So if you have if if the IRS has questions, if your accountant has questions of how to um, apply the findings, I'll help the accountant apply the findings. We're not the accounting company. I don't want to be the accountant, but we'll help them apply the results. And if the IRS questions the client. We'll answer the questions. We'll defend our work to the IRS. So that's a smaller building. And again, that fee is going to be hundreds of dollars. Now we go into a bigger building. Um, The bigger, the $500 million concept that I I worked with was unique. It involved an eight-story building downtown San Francisco that used to be a department store. The department store um, closed it down, and my client bought the building. So um, I did. It was a three phase study. So the first phase is when when they bought this this building for I think it was two hundred million dollars. I did the the first phase, which is the acquisition basis. Then uh, the, the company vacated the building, and my client went in there and they started ripping everything out, and they made it. They repurposed the building. So everything they threw away, I came back and I did another study to detail the amount of value that all of, the, um, all of the, um, the remaining basis of everything they threw in the trash. That's called the disposition study. And then when they finished the $300 million repurpose of the building, I came back and I did a $300 million cost segregation study on the new construction of the building. So that's what's considered a three-phase study. Uh, And those studies, of course, obviously, with a $500 million building, take a lot of engineering time. And that's what we base our fees on, Jack, uh, is on engineering time. So that study there cost my client $30,000. But that's unusual. That's a $500 million project. And we ended up saving that client. Oh, my God. We we ended up giving them, at the end, when the dust settled, we gave them a $200 million uh, benefit from doing cost set. So they are very happy.
0: Yeah. You know, that's kind of interesting that, you know, you bring that up. I think a lot of investors, unfortunately, especially newer ones would see this more of as, as a cost instead of as an investment. And, and I think it's just a mindset shift. Have you found it sometimes difficult to get people over that, that hurdle to get them educated enough?
1: Oh, the education is the big thing. When I first started, the number one question was, this must be a scam. You're giving me – you mean, you mean to tell me I'm not going to have to pay $50,000 in taxes? I said, yes. This is not legitimate. I said, no, I can give you the IRS website where you can go and you can determine and read all you want. It's called the Audit Technique Guidelines for Cost Segregation. Google that. Go right to the IRS website. That is my Bible. We follow that uh, religiously because the iris gives us all the steps needed for a quality study. And that's the only type of study we do. So bottom line is the education is important because not only am I giving you, you know, the, the obvious value, which is the lowering of income taxes, but I, there's many other you know, features to doing cost segregation. It's a complete financial strategy, not just income taxes. So you need to incorporate this strategy with your tax planning team because it is really all of the benefits make it really powerful.
0: Just to remind everybody, we're talking to Joe Virey, and you can learn more about him and his team at ustagi.com. Like I said, that's a clickable link in the show notes. And if you found some value in today's episode so far, do us a quick favor and share it with another investor friend. So, Joe, um, I have to ask this because you know, you, we're dealing with the IRS, and everybody's a little gun-shy when it comes to dealing with the IRS. So am I. Have you found historically, are people who take advantage of this, are they a little bit more sought after regarding audits or anything now, else? what like happened was there was a court case in 1997,
1: and the, the IRS lost big time, and the judge spanked them badly. So what we can do is is the judge said, look, if you knew this was the right way to calculate depreciation, why aren't you out there letting everybody know about it? So the judge made them publish the auto-technique guidelines, which were published in 2004, and that was our Bible. So that's when this this industry exploded. So bottom line is um, the first question I always got, remember, was this must be a scam, but it can't be a scam. I just gave you the keys to the kingdom. You can go and read that the IRS says this is the right way to depreciate a building because there are plenty of items that don't fall into the 39 or 27-and-a-half-year category. So um, that was the number one question. Will this trigger an audit? The answer is no, it won't trigger an audit. And I, I really cringe to say this in one way is that I've been doing this since 2007. I have no idea how many tens of thousands of projects I've done, many, 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 many. And I have been questioned by the IRS, I think, three times. I answered their questions and they said, thank you very much. And that was the end of uh, their questions. I have never had one of my studies audited. I'm lucky maybe, and maybe the IRS is getting more and more people, so I'm prepared to you know to 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 be audited one day, but right now I have not been audited. And so I would say the likelihood of of a client um, being audited for cost segregation. now you may be audited for another reason, and they may pull pull the cost seg report out and they may ask Joe some questions, but that's about it.
0: So let's put you in the investors' shoes for a moment. They like what they hear. They're going to uh, review or try to figure out this whole cost segregation thing. They're going to call a company such as yours. If you were in their shoes, what are some of the top questions they should be asking to ensure that the, the company they're talking to knows what they're, they're doing and that it's a great fit?
1: Number one is you want to make sure it's an engineering based. Um, it's an engineering based company. You know you don't want to get one of these guys working out of their garage in their home and, and doing. It. You want to make sure that it's done correctly. The IRS respects the engineer because the engineer is the only one that really knows construction of a building and they know how to uh, apply all of the components and, and correctly value um, value their their um, the components also. Um, so definitely um, you want to find out, you know, what kind of experience. The number two, you want to know what do they base their 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 model on. Do they, you know, we base our, our, our model, our engineering, our technique on the auto technique guidelines. And that's really important. You have some companies out there I've seen that don't, have never read the auto technique guidelines, just make up a bunch of information. And, you know, the clients don't know any better. So find out, you know, do they? Ba- what do they base their, their work on? Is it the auto technique guidelines? Do they know what they are? And if then, then again, you want to know their experience. Um, it, it's not necessarily very important, but obviously you want to know that somebody's been around the block that they have been um, been doing this for a while, and that you know they've got the the tenure. Another th- thing that you may want to put value in is that we're members of the um, American Society of Cost Segregation Professionals. So you want to make make sure that you know it, it, the, is the company a member? Do they have some? Not the company, but do, the do they have a member on their team that that's a member of the association? So that'll give you a lot of a lot of good cred- credibility also.
0: Okay. That's a lot of great advice. You know, with, with all of your experience now, I'm going to, whether it's in your team or not, have you seen where, where, where can something go bo- wrong when it comes to this?
1: Oh boy. Uh, that's where you need a really good cost to company. Um, the most common issue that I find, and, and, and everybody understands, we are not land appraisers, so we don't value the land. We can give you advice and guidance, but we, that has to come from you. So one of the reasons why a lot of clients get in trouble is by having a crazy high land allocation uh, or crazy, I'm sorry, crazy low land allocation. Because they want more depreciation expense, and the IRS is really touchy on that. If somebody goes wild on their uh, depreciation and they say, "Oh, I think my land is worth you know t- one or two percent of the value," they're going to probably get audited just on that fact alone. Um, but other than that, um, there are other nuances that we we um, we try and, and deal with the clients with. Like for example, a purchase price agreement, your purchase agreement, if they use the wrong language, that can be really harmful. The IRS could not allow cost segregation if they use the wrong language in in their purchase uh, agreement. And so that's one thing we look at to make sure that they're not using the wrong language, because I don't want to get audited for something that the client, you know, did incorrectly in the purchase price agreement. So a lot of times what that means is that the clients, um, uh, uh, when they drop the the, the the agreement, they will use a term like personal property. And that's not the right per- term for, for, um, for what they're trying to do in that agreement. But they, miss, they don't understand that. Personal property, the IRS, means you've already delineated what Joe can delineate. So if you've identified personal property, they're not going to let you do it twice. Now, what's the personal property out there like? Goodwill. They'll say Goodwill's personal property. Goodwill's not personal property. And a lot of clients don't get that. And they use the term personal property. And then when, um, well, so we make sure from the get-go that all of the, the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and we try and protect our clients as much as we can.
0: Is there anything that we need to be aware of if we are in a position of about to sell a property or, or anything there where, where the, you know, there might be a trans- transaction?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, selling the property isn't isn't a, a main consideration. Um, it, it depends on the the realtor, the the, the tax advice, and all that. But um, I would say no, that there's not too much. Um, you know, if you do a ten thirty one exchange, you can do a ten thirty one exchange and perform cost segregation. However, that's a little bit weird because um, if you didn't do cost segregation and you, you exchange a building, the basis of the relinquished property you're, you're bringing over to the new building is frozen in the same type of depreciation that you identified. So obviously we're talking about straight line. If you, di- if you have that building in straight line, I can't accelerate that amount. So, if you don't exchange up, if you exchange even, there's no value to do cost segregation, so just be aware of that if you exchange up, for example, you sold a building for a million, now you bought a new building for two million. I have a million dollars to work with. Cost seg will be very valuable but if you if you sold a building for a million and you 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 bought a building for a million, there's nothing for me to to accelerate
0: You mentioned being able to go back into time for about three years earlier. Does that also include if a property has been sold?
1: Well, here's the deal. When I when I said go back three years, that's to get a refund of your taxes paid. However, yes. we can go back, look back studies, we can go back uh, 15 years and, and make the math work. Now, we look at each project individually, so I can't guarantee the number's 15. I've done buildings that I went back 18 years and made the numbers work. Uh, The numbers did work. But what we're doing is when we're looking at these numbers, we're looking at how much depreciation did you pay during the time you owned it, what's my fee, and um, do you come out ahead? After paying my fee, deducting the depreciation you've already taken, is it a positive result? For me, I judge a positive result, and I could be wrong on this. I don't care, but my mindset is 10 times my fee. So if I charge somebody $500, I'm expecting they should at least get $5,000 of benefit.
0: Okay. No, that that's good to hear. Um, well, Joe, this has been a great, enlightening conversation. I want to remind everybody one more time, ustagi.com for more information on how Joe and his team can help you with cost segregation on your properties. With that, Joe, I kind of warned you. I have a few rapid-fire questions to kind of throw at you if you're ready to give them a try.
1: I'm going to give them a try. Let's go.
0: Okay. Here's your chance to bust a real estate and investing myth that you might have heard. Is Do you have a myth, whether it's in business or in real estate investing? Maybe in... in
1: I'm going to apply it to what I do. Depreciation is not uh, a valuable, and it's nothing that, that uh, an investor should put a lot of effort and time into. Big mistake. It's huge. I mean, my big clients, I save them millions of dollars of income taxes. My smaller clients, I save tens of thousands. So obviously, if you want to pay uh, your taxes, you, you can, but my study is legitimate. Put some thought and effort into finding a team that knows all of the, the advantages of owning real estate. It's not just cost said there are many great advantages to owning real estate. Understand them and you'll get, you'll get more bang for your buck.
0: Do you have a book recommendation or what are you reading right now?
1: (laughs) Oh God, I read so many books. Um, uh, I'm reading profit first by a friend of mine, David Richter, which is a really, really good, good, good book. Um, but the one that I smile about is because years ago when I still, I still had water you know, behind my ears, uh, if that's the right saying, is that my iconic book that changed my life was Think and Grow Rich. I know I've just dated myself, but no, it's no. still a great timeless book. And my gosh, I think it is so packed full of great ideas and kernels of information. I would recommend anybody getting involved in any type of business to read that book.
0: Sure. What is one tool you can't live without, whether it's in business or your personal world?
1: Well, in business, it's my CRM. To to manage my clients' expectations starts with being able to manage my clients and the data. So for me, having that background um, chassis of good technology is really, really, really very valuable and important. And I couldn't conduct my business without being automated the fees that i've given you are, are so small when i said hundreds of dollars to do a modeling study when i say thousands of dollars to do cost said back in the day the fees were 30 40 50,000. nobody could afford it unless you had a big building downtown new york or chicago or la but nowadays it's affordable so get a no-cost estimate from somebody and, and jump on board
0: You have 60 seconds to give everyone one piece of business advice that they can implement today to have a direct impact on their business. What would it be?
1: Surround yourself by a valuable team. I have so many people who, you know, when I say, does your accountant understand real estate? And they go, well, he's an accountant for people that work at Costco. No, 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 no. And not just your, your accounting team surround yourself by professionals who know real estate that is so key and I don't care what kind of professional it could be the tax professional it can be the accounting professional it can be the the, real estate professional to me people just don't understand that this information is out there and there's a lot of smart 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 people use them you may have to pay a few bucks they can save you so much money. use quality competent people
0: well, Joe, this has been great uh, giving you the last word do you, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today?
1: Well, there is one, but we'll we'll circle back There's a new concept out there that again, all these tax laws that happened the last one in September it's um it, those value add clients are now eligible for energy tax credits and even if you're a flipper you can you can qualify for energy tax credits, and you can go back three years if you're a flipper. Even if you sold the property three years ago, as long as you did the energy work to the building and you increased the energy efficiency, you're going to get a two thousand dollar per door tax credit. Huge. Look into that.
0: So take a look into that energy tax credit. I really appreciate your time, Joe. Again, it is us dot com. As always, those are clickable links in the show notes, but I hope we can chat again sometime, Joe. Thank you, If you, you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.